we said. The Press Box. Welcome in as you have found another edition of the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace from my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Glad to have you aboard as we offer up just a slice of what you hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. If you'd like to find us, you can do so online, PressBoxRadio.com. There, the affiliates page will show you the stations where you can hear us throughout the day and throughout the week. Also, check the episodes page, hear the show on demand hour by hour, or just simply press the listen button. You can hear the press box anytime, 24-7 online at PressBoxRadio.com. Today, one of our favorites, he is Tim Brando, longtime sports broadcaster, now with Fox Sports, getting ready to work the UCLA at Washington matchup this weekend. We talked to him about being a sportscaster, but also about being a dad, a, a husband, and a granddad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Thank you. Um, uh, Brad, Mike, JD, it's good to be with all three of you. Give Chris my yes, best. Um, we go way back, as you know. And, uh, yeah, we. Uh, I took a little time out to uh, take a splash yes- yesterday with uh, two of my, my four. Two of them are in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, just outside Jackson. And uh, we got two just about uh, – a mile away, you know, right around the corner. So it's it's great to be a it's great to be a granddad. I keep telling people, buddies of mine that are, you know, pushing sixty. I'm sixty five now. Hey man, there is nothing better. It's the most underrated aspect of life being a granddad. No doubt about it. I'm with you. I am with you, <laughs> Tim. Somewhat along those lines, I want to. I mean, you you've been in this business now, and and you've done so many big events, and it's such an important. Um, all the prep that goes into preparing for your next assignment. What have you learned over the last maybe 20, 30 years about work life balance? And and now how have you settled into that without taking away from any of the preparation for, for your next big game? I think living in the, in the moment uh, and being uh, exceedingly grateful for the longevity because there are a lot of guys that started when I did that aren't doing it anymore. Uh, and guys that were very successful that um, were peers of mine that aren't doing it anymore, whether it's because of health or just uh, uh, some unfortunate things that happened to them. Maybe timing wasn't on their side. Our business isn't just really about talent. It's about timing. Um, you have to have the talent, but, 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 you know, good timing is, is wonderful and bad timing is, is terrible, you know? And I think that, uh, if you've been fortunate enough, not many people, uh, have worked for four different networks over a five decade period. And some might say, well, you, that means you can't keep a job. <laughs> and there's some truth to that, uh, no. probably, no. but, but to always get work, you know, there's uh, an old saying in, in Hollywood among, um, among actors, that, um, gosh, that guy's always getting work, it seems. They call it the working actor, the definition of a working actor. Uh, m- might have started out as, um, uh, as a potential leading man, but as he grew older, he became a character actor, you know, and, and he always got work. You know, you, every time you turned around, he was, he was doing something that seemingly was significant or relevant. Um, and, and I think that that holds true with a, a lot in our business that, have that kind of um, staying power and uh, the ability to do a number of different things to sort of um, uh, five tool talent. uh, I I call them guys that can 
you ask ask them to do this, they can do it. Ask them to do that, they can do it. Uh, you know, I take great pride in that, and um, and I think that's one of the keys to uh, a happy life in this business is to is to uh, live in the moment and to be happy for that moment because uh, it is a pure joy to wake up in the morning and as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going to get right back into my my depth charts for UCLA and Washington and I'll be looking at some more tape and uh, and getting ready for my flight tomorrow afternoon out to, to Seattle. And it doesn't really, you know, there, there used to be a time when um, I think maybe for, for all of us, it's such a competitive business. There was a time when I, I think I was thinking about what was next as opposed to what was now. And uh, I would just tell anyone that's in our business, especially young people coming up, as um, as competitive as it is and as much as you have to be thinking a little bit ahead, have a plan, you also need to be grateful uh, for the moment, the, what you're getting to do now. And um, I, I look back on, on my time uh, growing into this business and I think to myself, gosh, I wish I, I wish I'd enjoyed what I was doing at the time a lot more than I did. Um, I don't get me wrong. I had fun. Every, every stop, I had a great time. But I think there are, I think I got caught up sometimes in the, okay, what, what, what's my next destination? What do I want to, what do I want to do next? This is good, but what's next? Certain part of that you need to have. Okay. That's just part of growing and, 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 uh, and the willingness to, take risks and put yourself in a position to do more. But I think you also have to be in the moment and enjoy what you're doing then and there or then and now, in my case, I'm, I'm having more fun now than I've ever had. Okay. I mean, I'm having more fun than I've ever had. And I think that's because of my perspective and I've reached a point in my career where I'm not worried about what's next. I'm just happy for what I have today. And I hope to keep doing it for as long as I possibly can. You, you, you never know what what is around the corner in in this business and in life yeah but you need to really enjoy what's happening to you now because we're 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 really lucky all of us that get to do this for a living are really really lucky people Tim Brando's in the press box with us it's JD Danimobile uh Tim and I want to ask to that point really great question by uh, Brad Law to North Louisiana home was there ever a temptation to move because of your network work, especially in New York, or were you ever encouraged and kind of, Hey, you really need to move. You really need to move. And you push back because I, I respect having that home base where you feel comfortable. No, to the contrary. I think that <clears throat> one of the best things I ever did. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> it's funny because uh, I get this question a lot because of what's happened in, in the aftermath of our business. When I, when I moved to Connecticut, and started uh, uh, to, at ESPN uh, and began College Game Day uh, back in 1987. I moved up there in '86, and uh, I had been working in Baton Rouge at um, the CBS affiliate for a number of years, and I'd uh, been doing LSU games on Tiger Vision, which was a, a great uh, um, opportunity and launching pad for me in a lot of ways to get to do a lot of play-by-play in the South and the Southeast and. And throughout the country, really, before I even got there, when I was in my mid twenties, but moving to Connecticut when I was um, when I was thirty, and then starting game day at age thirty-one, um, it was just a wonderful. I mean, uh, it was the career move that had to be made. 
and I was doing a lot of studio work to go along with play-by-play, which enabled me to grab a lot of visibility and at the same time grow as a broadcaster. And, and, and you will never duplicate those times. Um, when, when, when ESPN was just in its you know, formative stages, it was six years old at that time. And I and I was there through its tenth anniversary in in 1989, and at at that point, uh, after the '88 uh, season, my contract was up, and I remember counseling with my mentor Kurt Gowdy, who told me, uh, he said, um, "You you want it all, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah, I sure do. I I, I don't want, just want a career. I want a family, and I want happiness. I mean, I I want the American dream, you know." And I didn't think that it mattered where you lived. I mean, I was one of those guys <clears throat> that would sell his soul to get to do what he wanted to do in life as a broadcaster. So living in Connecticut was something that, oh, yeah, I can handle that. <laughs> well, I got up there, and I did not like it at all. I, I loved the job, loved the people, loved everything about it. But um, living there, especially for my wife, uh, was very, very tough. And we had a, you know, our oldest child, our, our only child at that time was three years old. And when I would go out of town, because I was leaving her alone, and I was leaving her alone in a place where, you know, she didn't know anyone uh, to the extent that she did in Baton Rouge and, and surrounding area because we had family in the South. And uh, I could tell she was really, really uh, lonely and unhappy. And uh, I, I remember the opportunity coming with my second contract. Uh, and, and I really wanted to stay there, stay at ESPN, but, but, but not have to live in Connecticut. And I fought really hard to do that. And it wasn't an easy negotiation. It was hard. It was tough. But I got it. I got it. And I was able to move home uh, and move my wife back to, to, to near her mom, an Italian girl from the South that wanted to be near her mom with her young child. And she wanted to have another child and, and as many as we could, frankly. And uh, to be able to bring her home, build our dream home uh, back in our, our hometown was really cool. But And I, I will also tell you that uh, it sent a message to the business that, uh, and, and Gowdy, the late Kurt Gowdy told me this. He said, when, when you make that choice, it'll be tough. It may hurt you some uh, in the business, but you'll gain a lot of longtime respect for it. And people will know that this is a guy that wants to do his job and is willing to fly anywhere to do it. But he's going to, you know, he's going to set his roots where he wants to set his roots. And I did that and I never looked back. You know, some people have said, gosh, Tim, if you hadn't left, you'd be doing what? You know, and, and there's some truth to that. I, I had no idea ESPN would grow into the 1,200-pound gorilla of our business that it did. But you know what? I, I think I landed pretty well at CBS later. I did, I did uh, when I left uh, ESPN, I went to Turner, and I did the playoffs, and I did the Braves, and they won a World Series. And uh, those were the things I really wanted to do. I, I didn't want to be in the studio anymore. I wanted to call games. Uh, now, when CBS asked me to come up there, what did they want me to do? They wanted me to do the studio, which was fine. So three days out of the week, I was in New York. And four days out of the week, I was home. And I, I held that post for 18 years. So uh, I, think, I think the decision to, uh, uh, you know, make sure that domestically we were going to be happy and comfortable living where we wanted to live has really helped me stay on course, stay happy. Uh, it, it may have forced me to, to change networks a few times, but so be it. Um, it's cheaper to have um, 
<laughs> it's cheaper to have four agents than it is to have four wives. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I, I've been married for 43 years. We have two beautiful children and now four great grandchildren. And, and, and honestly, um, uh, Chateau Brando is um, alive and well. And, every you know, my kids always want to come here. And uh, this is kind of where we all get together. And um, it, it's it's where I come home and, and settle back and get to be a normal person. And get out of the, the you know the, the the hubbub and the crazy world of travel and and the TV business. So uh, I don't regret that at all. In fact, I think it it was the best move I ever made. Even though uh, it meant that I was going to probably have a different route in my business than maybe a few others that have been at places like ESPN for thirty or thirty five years. You know. What a great line, uh, line of the interview so far. Tim Brando joining us inside the press box. Tim, to, to bring the flight down a couple thousand feet here in altitude and, and get a little closer to the field, we talk yep. so much uh, about uh, SEC teams, and here in this state, it's, you know, it's, it's Alabama and it's Auburn, and we're talking Georgia. You've seen some teams outside this region. If we're not talking about Georgia or Alabama or another SEC team, winning the national championship this year. Who, who are those other contenders maybe that you have seen this year that, that have a legitimate shot at the top? Well, we've got more this year than in any other year, you know, I mean, in recent memory, uh, because the, the, and I think COVID had something to do with this. I don't think there's any question. I think the, I think the transfer portal and NIL had something to do with it. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of teams that um, have, you know, not just five-year seniors, but super seniors, you know, guys that are, they call the five-year seniors now super seniors, but there are a lot of teams that have six-year seniors, grown men on their teams. And uh, and they're not in, in, in the, the usual sites that we'd normally see them. I mean, we in the past, BYU, for instance, with the Mormon missions, have always had older players. <clears throat> but a team like Cincinnati this year, by example, uh, is – not only do they return uh, 21 of their 22 starters, but most of them are fifth-year guys. Some of them are six-year guys that are on their teams. And um, that makes them legit. And uh, I know a lot of people in the South will throw their schedule under the bus, but I would say when you only have um, you know three non-conference opportunities and you're playing non-conference games, uh, you know, playing Indiana on the road and Notre Dame on the road, you know, that's that's back before the season began in July and August, that looked pretty formidable. You know, now, you know, Indiana's not the same, and they lost their starting quarterback since they played Cincinnati, but um, yeah, that, that was a good win on the road. And then they, they handled Notre Dame and came from behind to do so. Cincinnati, the, the team that you saw play, against Georgia that should have won that game were it not for horrible clock management at the end is a much better team offensively than it was last year. Um, and their defense is still outstanding as it was last year. And uh, if you recall, they throttled Georgia pretty well when they, when they played uh, uh, in the game, in the, in the bowl game in Atlanta last year, that's one that, that jumps off the, the charts to me is a, is a team that you got to keep an eye on. Iowa is, to me, Georgia light. You know, the Hawkeyes are, and we've seen them a couple of times, Spencer and I, um, 
right before they beat Penn State. We had them on the road when they demolished Maryland, and then the week before they played a, a methodical team in Colorado State. Didn't play particularly well and still won. They they have a, a willingness to turn you over. <laughs> they just are ball hawks back there. Uh, their defense is made up of a lot of five-year guys, a couple of six-year guys to go along with it. <clears throat> so that's a team. And I think offensively they are – uh, they play comp- complementary football. They're not, they're not dynamic. You know, they they don't just um, wow you, but they can score, and they they don't make mistakes. They're they're a solid football team in every way, and they'll be they'll be favored to win every game they've got left in the Big Ten. It'll be a little bit harder for them than Cincinnati uh, to stay undefeated uh, because of who they play. I mean, the the Heartland Trophy game against Wisconsin up in Camp Randall will be tougher for them. Uh, because they'll be, you know, highly ranked, number two in the country, um, maybe number three in the country, somewhere in there when they play them. But those teams jump out. I think also in the in the Big 12, if you look at Oklahoma and this situation that they've got now with Caleb taking over for Spencer Rattler, what an embarrassment of riches, right? To, mm-hmm. to have a, a guy that was up for the Heisman, probably your leader in the clubhouse, replaced by a freshman sensation, who was the difference in you coming from, you know, 21 points back to, to beat Texas the way they did. Um, the Sooners are, are just the opposite. They they do wow you offensively, but from a defensive standpoint, you keep wondering, can they, will they uh, mesh and get better? The, the second half stats against Texas would indicate. I've seen all those teams, and we'll see Oklahoma again later on before the, the regular season is out. Uh, those are the teams that, for me personally, jump out first and foremost. But there are others that are that, that could still surprise. He is the broadcaster's broadcaster, Tim Brando, kind enough to join us here inside the press box. Hey, if you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us: subscribe and tell a friend. They can find us wherever they find their favorite podcast: Apple and Google, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. All they have to do is find uh, us online. Search Press Box Radio One. That's Press Box Radio 1, and uh, you'll find us, the Press Box Podcast. For Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. We'll see you next time inside the Press Box.